Were you like swapping advice? Were you oh, talking no. about things? Oh, so I mean, I didn't have sex till I was twenty, so there yeah. was no advice to swap. No, but until I was like twenty. <laughs> but like, oh, you mean like hypothetical advice? Yeah. Like they're like like in TV shows, are like, well, you got to put the balls in. <laughs> like that's the in betweeners. <laughs> that's <laughs> a bad idea. Got it. Um, it was, um, <laughs> what are you doing if you haven't? Josie Herbert, and this is Coming of Age, and this week we are talking about misunderstandings. This week we have stories about friends, family, church, the internet, people who are telling us the wrong thing, and not having the faculties to fact check them. We're talking about miscommunications and misunderstandings about sex ed and partnered sex and masturbation and bodies and all of the myths that can be easier to find than the truth is, especially for kids. I remember I was like 11 and I got the words orgy and orgasm like mixed up, which is weird because I feel like even from when I was very young, like, my parents, like, told me, like, the basics mm-hmm. of, like, reproduction anyway. Like, sperm goes into an egg and makes a baby via the genitals. But, like, especially when I was, like, super little, I thought it was, like, pollination. Like, I thought it was just, like, spores came out of your penis. And, like, if you were close to somebody for, like, a long period of time... They would get pregnant. I think I thought a similar thing. Which is like also like I was really into fungi when I was a kid, which is like a weird thing to say, but like <laughs> I wanted to be like a mycologist and everything, and I was like, oh, okay, I know how mushrooms reproduce. That's like pretty similar. Yeah, we're we're very similar to mushrooms. I mean, even like a, a penis kind of looks like a mushroom. Sure. Am I wrong? Like, yeah. So it's probably like it's like the gills, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really get that but like if you're like close to somebody if you like someone a lot you're like next to them a lot and so therefore your spores like travel into the uterus somehow when did you learn what sex was i don't know i remember my parents did give me the talk really yeah when i won't i don't know i think it was sometime around that time i can't remember if it was before or after what was there I think talk? It was before. What did the talk consist talk, of? I think they got like a large book. Like I think it might have been like an eyewitness book. Were there okay. eyewitness books at the time? Definitely there were eyewitness books. Because they had books. the eyewitness documentaries about the planets mm. and the rainforest and trees and Pluto and all that and dinosaurs. Trees? Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, not dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs. I think they got like an eyewitness. It was like a big white moth. encyclopedia type book. It wasn't thick. It was very thin. It had a lot of pictures. And it had something to do with anatomy. And they're like, oh, look, anatomy. And they're like, this is what... I think it was something along the line of, this is how babies reproduce. This is what sex is. I can't remember it super clearly. But I remember they had a large book that was like an encyclopedia. And they said, book. They didn't say book. And, and they, they like showed me, like, oh, this is the male reproductive system. This is the female reproductive system. And uh, people have sex. And sperm uh, go out into the egg, and then they make babies. And then a baby grows. 
And it was something along those lines. I can't really remember super clearly. Hmm. I do remember them saying, like, I don't know, you'll probably hear your people at school talking about this. And they'll say things about sex and it'll be confusing. And they probably don't understand it any more than you do. And and they'll probably say a lot of things that aren't true that will confuse you. And that won't make a lot of sense. Hmm. And then they said, so we want to clear it up before that happens. And they showed me the book and they said, this is what happens. That's all I remember. I'm sure there was other stuff as well, but that's all I can remember. And I was like, all right. Okay. (laughs) Felt a bit strange. Were you, like, curious about that afterward? Did you still have lots of questions that went unanswered? Or were you just kind of like, okay, whatever. Back to my trains. I think it was like more like, okay, whatever. That's a nice own, so. Yeah. I wasn't like, didn't, I, I've never really talked to my parents about sex before. Yeah. This is one of the few occasions where I have. I feel like we both had that book, like the mm-hmm. American Girl doll book. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a doll. It doesn't talk about rubbing It doesn't rubbing talk about your masturbation. <laughs> it doesn't have the word clit in it, I don't <laughs> no. think, which is, you know. Crazy. Maybe a like flag. a diagram. It's labeled. I don't even think in really? a diagram. I really feel like I would have. Because I remember I had that book. Obviously, I studied it religiously because I'm very gay and, you know, just interested. And there's boobs in it. Mm -hmm. And you see... hours staring at those boobs. Oh, my God. (laughs) Did you see the TikTok that was like, I finally have stage five titties? (laughs) I'm like... No, but I love it. I don't... I don't even have that. I have stage three titties. (laughs) Yeah. That was upsetting uh, to find because, yeah... I do feel like they set me up to fail mm-hmm. in terms of the stages of titties. Absolutely. Really upset. Never made it far. But then in freshman year, uh, we had a health class and we did talk about sex. Um, it felt more like a spectacle, honestly. Like my teacher did a day where he just like let everyone ask questions because he did like his basic lecture, which I don't really remember, but I remember him letting us ask questions like anonymously. And it was almost like a joke. Like it was like, I felt like I couldn't ask a real question because he would almost like laugh and like make a joke of the questions that were asked. Like, I know some of them were like, can I get pregnant from anal and questions like that, like that children would have. Like, children who have not had sex, like, even children who have had sex that just don't know. Like, we were children who did not know how it worked. All we knew was from, like, watching porn. I'm sure that's all I had learned and, like, Googling things. Um, So, yeah, I, I remember, like, me and my friends, like, I didn't ask a serious question because I felt like he went for the ones that sounded the silliest that he could make a joke out of more and I he like left the serious ones like in his envelope and didn't want to answer those. I don't, I don't know. It was strange, but that did, that is literally it. And like, Oh, they have like the slideshow of the worst STDs they could imagine. You know, the ones that have been like progressing for years and years and just the horrible, like looks like somebody's been massacred pictures. Mm -hmm. Those were shown. And did it, make you not want to have sex no, with people? I still had sex as a child. <laughs> Absolutely not. I think Weird. everyone in the room wanted to have sex. So it's crazy that looking at something that kind of has no context and trying to be scared out of your horniness 
as an actual adolescent, I cannot believe that didn't prevent you from starting your sexual activity. I'm super deviant. <laughs> I don't know if I told you the way I, that sex was explained to me for the first time. Mm. It was explained wrong. Well, the first time after I forgot what they said in fifth grade, presumably, my mother explains to me that you 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 take the penis, I don't even know if she mentioned erections, and you put it in like this, you know, how women have a space between, she said. And I thought to myself, well, what is a space between that women have that men don't? And I was like, oh, cleavage. I thought you got pregnant through your cleavage for a split second before my mom looked at the confusion on my face and was like, do you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. And then she's like, between the legs. And I was like, oh, and this was like seventh grade probably. So I hadn't even, I wasn't even like, I was not a, a studly kid. I wasn't terribly interested in relationships as a child. So I thought to myself, oh yeah, women don't have penises. It reminded me of this fact. I hadn't really considered it in seventh fucking grade. Why would you need to? So I was like 13 years old and I'm like, oh yeah, I do remember being told that women have like a hole or something. I didn't know. Something, something like that. And At so, least one. And so she <laughs> follows up with, and that's where you like, you know, you put the stuff. I don't know what the phrasing was. It was probably something less like childish than that. So I was under the impression that you peed in between their legs from far away. I didn't even know that there was a hole. I was just really, like, I really didn't. And I don't know how I, that's something that. I've always been curious about. Like, so you, as when you're a girl, like, do you not know what it, what a vagina looks like? Like, is it not possible to see? I could see it with effort. Okay. If I put any, I mean, it, I could do it. Okay. Okay. It's, but it's not as intuitive. Sure. sure. And, you're not necessarily encouraged to be like, poke around out there, see what's going on. Um, which, of course, lots of people do anyway. But um, now I remember. And, like, I knew, I did know, like, the biology of pregnancy and birth hmm. more than I knew the biology and mechanics of vaginal intercourse. So I knew that there was a hole, but I didn't really put it together that th- some oh, things went yeah. in. I don't know. Hey, but then I remember out. realizing, like, oh, shit, that's there. Crazy. Wow. How strange. Yeah. Which huh. is a weird moment when you're like... <laughs> yeah, that, that would oh. be a, quite a thing to interface with. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Growing up's fun. Like, I knew, I, I mean, I knew implicitly that male sexual pleasure was mostly friction-based, but I had no idea what the fuck anything was. I was like, that fr- mostly friction-based. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure that's that doesn't actually cover the gamut of experience, but that it is at least a, it is at least a, you get what I mean. The, the point is I had touched, I had touched my penis before and I knew how that worked, but nobody told me how vaginas work, so I assumed it was the same. Just the mechanics. <laughs> yeah, but but they don't have the same shape, so it's definitely not the same. No. <laughs> no, and you'd think perhaps as an inverse, which it isn't, maybe it would work the same, which it doesn't. No. <laughs> I don't know if he was ashamed or nervous or what, but I 
went and <laughs> bought condoms. Were you nervous? Yeah, very. Yeah. I was very nervous. I, I felt like, I think I had to ask and I would like went to Kroger and I asked someone like where the condoms were and it was like an older lady and I felt really ashamed. And she like brought me right, she was like, they're right here. And I like hid them. I was scared I was going to run into someone I knew. I was like hiding them in my basket and like I went to self-checkout. It was the whole thing. Wow. But I, I wanted to you fuck. asked. <laughs> I would have done anything. Guess I'm not a virgin anymore. It didn't feel like anything had changed because maybe because the sex was so unremarkable. But um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't much. It really just. It was sort of sour, but it wasn't like depressing or scary or traumatizing. It was just sort of sour. Then eventually I orgasmed. I'm pretty sure it, I didn't like. It didn't happen quickly because I've never had an easy time orgasming quickly but it definitely wasn't like i was performing well having endurance is not enough to perform well sexually <laughs> as a dude um perhaps yeah definitely loosely not. related but yeah. certainly not yeah certainly not certainly not is necessary but not sufficient no yeah <laughs> so if, I, if i try to list them i'm gonna like miss some and somebody's gonna be like wow that guy doesn't even know about such and such oh but he's terrible <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that because no one listens to this. Oh, thank God. <laughs> when you exclusively consume media that is a performance of sexuality that does not necessarily feel authentic to your expression of sexuality, it can create lots of expectations that your sex is going to look a certain way, or that you're supposed to be satisfied with a certain type of sex. And even when you are satisfied without sex, or without certain types of sex, that in our society we prize above others, it can still leave you feeling inadequate because you've been told your whole life that this is the end-all and be-all. Whether it's penis and vagina sex, or an orgasm at the end of sex, or an orgasm through penis and vagina sex, or having sex with lots of partners, or only having sex with one partner your whole life, all of these expectations are part of a construction that sexuality should only look one way. When we just know that not only is that not true, it's super boring. And so it's nice sort of in this season to like be like, oh, actually, like I can have a, like a really, yeah, a really vivid experience by myself. And that, and that I'm starting to strip away the the sort of beta male narrative, right? Mm -hmm. That like, this is cause I'm like, not a like jacked up alpha, you know, who has like a harem of women, but that's like a real, like that's, it's so like cartoony and ridiculous, but it's like totally like real in its kind of heft in my mind. And I think a lot of like, yeah, I don't know. That narrative is, deeply ingrained even if it's not explicitly yeah yeah said yeah yeah so so realizing that just, you can have like a really fulfilling sex yeah. life without, without a partner other, yeah which i like really would prefer to be with a partner but it's still yeah 
Yeah. It's still like, you know, good sex with myself is still way better than like not great sex with a partner. So it's like just the sort of baseline of like, like whether, you know, people are willing to have sex with you. That is like an affirmation of your value as a human being, Mm -hmm. which is like totally like a super prevalent narrative through my whole, like through my whole life, knowing what sex was. No, but that's interesting that you say that because we talk a lot about like, emphasis of like desirability mm-hmm, indicating mm-hmm. your value as a person right, right and i certainly feel like we talk about that with women but not as much with yeah, men yeah that's interesting. true that's true yeah. because that's so connected to like your body image yeah. and your self-esteem yeah. about what you look like yeah. um with women so like in like yeah. body positivity movements right. we could talk about that but mm-hmm those aren't the kinds of conversations mm-hmm. I've been having about that. So that's mm-hmm. interesting that you bring mm-hmm. that up mm-hmm. because we definitely do like you're a good man. If mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. are having a lot of sex with yeah. lots of women, mm-hmm. yeah. which is almost obviously like contradictory to how we think of what a good what, woman right, is doing, right, but right. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm a separate yeah. matter. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And it's like, honestly, I don't really care that much. I feel like also like, orgasms in general are kind of superfluous to sex you know what i mean like it's nice if it happens it's great but like at the end of the day i feel like it's not necessarily the end goal you know it's like okay this is an expression of intimacy it's making us both feel good if one of us has an orgasm great if not you know that's not necessarily like the end all be all of all sexual relations. I mean, I feel like, like, in my experience, like, the relationships are, like, the sexual relationships I was having that were, like, more long-term and more communicative and more about the relationship that I had with the person were, like, I learned so much more about myself and, like, my body. And, like, I, guess I would say I learned more about, like, what pleasure meant to me, like, in those relationships than I did by having an orgasm. Like, what I, I mean, I didn't even, like, say anything to the guy afterwards because I'm not going to be, like, oh my gosh, you just gave me my first orgasm since the last five years or whatever. Like, I'm not going to say that to this like random person. So I was like, oh, that moment has passed now. <laughs> like, it's just, you're right. It does, we hype it up so much, but like, that's not like really what it's about. We want sex to be gendered in those ways. Like we want to keep it gendered throughout the whole process. So it's like types of people you're attracted to, types of people you have sex with. The types of sex you have like we want all of those to fit into neat gender categories and so the way you're sexually oriented is a perfect description of that and a perfect description of the way that sex is framed to be dysfunctional kind of in our society and so like we'll talk about that but we, we what we don't talk about is like the types of sexual pleasure people have, the inconvenient ways that sexual pleasure manifests or doesn't manifest. Like the whole conception of this podcast is like, what is the first time you experience this like paramount of pleasure that we have this narrative around culturally that is like this absolute cultural ideal of sexuality and kind of the end-all be-all of all sexuality which is 
something that I kind of think about when I do like an elevator pitch of the whole project. It's like, who even gives a shit when your first orgasm was like, it kind of doesn't matter. And that's something kind of weird to be admitting internally. Like, I still think it's important and I'm still glad to be doing it, but it's kind of like, there are lots of other interesting things to talk about. So that's it for our Cincinnati series. I want to thank Timothy Fox for composing our original music, as well as all of my participants in this series. Hopefully we will be able to make another series sooner than two years from now, and the way you can ensure that is by checking out the Patreon, patreon.com slash comingofage, and consider supporting us. I really do enjoy this work, and I would love to be able to devote more time to it so that it is... It comes out more frequently than every two years. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really... I, I can't believe you made it this far. <laughs> I'm about to graduate. This is actually my senior capstone project, so this has been a weird project to work on this semester because I have not been in classrooms because COVID. <laughs> if you have a story you'd like to share or you just want to say hi, you can reach me on Twitter at comingofagepod. You can go to my website, josieherbert.com and submit a story, and you can email me at comingofagepod at gmail.com. My mom, when she would wake up my brothers and I, like, before school in the mornings, like, elementary school, she would say, wakey, wakey, hands off snakey. <laughs> like, to stop touching your dick. <laughs> <laughs>